heard about a man who bought a horse from an old preacher. And the man went to buy the horse, and the, and the preacher said, Now, son, i got to explain something to you. This here's a church horse. And he said, A church horse? He said, Yes, sir, this is a church horse. And he only responds to church expressions. So you got to pay attention. He said, All right, yes, sir, I'm going to listen. So the old preacher said, To make the horse trot, you say hallelujah. As soon as he said hallelujah, the horse started trotting a little bit. He said, To make the horse gallop... You say, praise the Lord. As soon as he said, praise the Lord, the horse just took off galloping. He said, to make him stop, you got to say, amen. As soon as he said, amen, the horse stopped. The man said, okay, I think I got it, preacher. So we climbed on to the horse's back, and he said, giddy up. The old horse didn't do nothing. He said, come on, giddy up. High ho silver away. He, he, he just tried everything. He said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, Hallelujah. And the horse started to trot. And then he said, okay, all right. Now, come on, boy, let's get it. Nothing. He said, wait a minute. Okay, praise the Lord. And the horse just took off galloping. He said, oh, yeah, we're going to have a good time. And he kept on. He said, praise the Lord again. And the horse went even faster. And all of a sudden, he was having a good old time. But the horse was running straight for a big old cliff. And the man panicked. And he forgot what the old preacher told him. So he said, stop. He said, whoa, boy, whoa. And the horse just kept on sprinting towards that cliff. And finally, finally, he, it came to him. He said, amen. And the horse stopped right at the edge of the cliff. And the man said, praise the Lord. <laughs> Your words have power. <laughs> Come on, tell somebody. Your words have power. <laughs> it matters what you say, doesn't it? Again, the Bible says, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are where? In the power of the tongue. That's why I'm kicking off a series today on the power of our words. And, and I thought about calling the series power because the Bible says there's, there's power in the tongue. But, but that's not really good enough. Because with great power comes great responsibility. That's why I'm calling this series power control. Somebody say power control. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you see, right now I'm watching a, a documentary series on the Fukushima Daiichi or Daiichi uh, nuclear power plant disaster that came that happened in Japan after the tsunami, and, and I'm watching it in Japanese. So I don't really know what's going on, but but he, here's the bottom line: when they lost power to the control room, they lost power. They lost control of the plant. In other words, when they lost control of the nuclear power, the disaster ensued. Church, the Bible says there's power in your words and is the power of life and death. That means that there is power in your mouth to do great good or great harm. Just like nuclear power can do great good or great damage. Life or Death. So we're going to talk about how to control the power of the tongue. Power control. Y'all with me so far? Uh-huh. Come on, say it again. There's power in my words. I like the way Dr. Tony Evans put it. He said, I got dynamite in my dentures. <laughs> Come on, tell somebody else. I got power. All right. So when you control your mouth, when you control your words... You can have powerful influence for good, but when you don't control your mouth, <laughs> you can do a lot of damage. 
Listen to what James, the brother of Jesus, said. Indeed, you put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Why do you break a horse? To make it useless? No, to make it useful. Because if you don't control the horse, it is a dangerous, wild animal. But if you break the horse and control the horse, it becomes a very useful friend, right? So we're going to talk about how, with God's help, we can tame our wild tongues. Amen? Your words are like a bit in a horse's mouth. They have the power to determine the direction of your life. And according to the Apostle James, he who controls the bit controls the beast. Come on, y'all say that. He who controls the bit controls the beast. Amen. An uncontrolled mouth can do unlimited damage. James 3 verse 6 says this. The tongue is set on fire by hell. Oh, boy, that's a serious warning from the Bible, is it not? Listen, the devil is real and hell is real. And some of y'all got hell in your mouth. What do you call bad breath? And the, the medical term for it is halitosis. But some people got halitosis. Come on, tongue set on fire by hell. You got that hell breath, y'all. And by the grace of God, we're going to do something about it. We're going to do some treatment in the spiritual realm, amen? All right, that's why the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil is looking for an avenue in your life, and he's looking for access to come in and wreak havoc and because you're not watching and controlling your mouth, you're giving the devil an open door. Uh-oh. Some of y'all open your mouth and say, devil, come on in. Uh-uh. Bible says, give no place to the devil. That means you can't praise the Lord on Sunday and cuss people out on Monday. James 3, 9 says, and with the tongue we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Modern translation, that ain't right. Come on, tell somebody, that ain't right. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 3, He who guards his mouth preserves his life. And if our words hold the power of life and death, and if we have the power to speak life, there are times when the people of God ought to open up their mouths and speak. That's why I've called today's message, your words are weapons. Because we are in spiritual warfare and we've got to learn how to weaponize our words. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Come on, tell somebody, my words are weapons. Hallelujah. I got dynamite in my dentures. This morning, I'm going to give you two ways to weaponize your words. Number one, here's how you can weaponize your words. Number one, fight the devil. Did you know you can fight the devil with your words? Come on, whoever said sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me? They were a liar. Come on, sometimes I'd rather you hit me with a baseball bat than say some mean stuff. Come on, somebody. Come on, you hit me with the stick and the stone. I'll recover in a few days. But some of y'all know people have said things to you and you are holding on to those wounds for decades. Mm, I don't, that won't even in my notes. That, that word is for somebody. 
Words hold power. You can fight the devil with your words. That's what Jesus did. Matthew 4 verse 2, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. You think? I can fast for four hours and I'm hungry. I fast for four minutes. But, you know, I just ate supper and I've been praying for four minutes and I'm already hungry again. What is wrong with me? Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the... That's the first thing the devil does. He makes you question your identity. If you are the son of God. Some of you, you serve in Jesus and you make one mistake and the devil comes. You ain't saved. You ain't a child of God. You ain't born again. If you were born again, you wouldn't have messed up. Listen to me. Just because you fumbled the ball doesn't mean you're playing for the other team. We all must make mistakes, but the Bible says if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You get up, dust yourself off, make yourself right with God, and keep on moving forward in Jesus. Amen? He came and said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. What did the devil tempt Jesus with? The very thing he wanted. The devil ain't never tempted me with a bran muffin. <laughs> no, sir. Nice try. Not today, Satan. I don't want that mess. The devil will not tempt you with stuff you don't desire. He's going to roll in a Krispy Kreme conveyor belt that runs right to my side of the bed. <laughs> ain't even got to get up or roll over. Just dump it right in my face. He tempted him with bread. If you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And when the devil comes and tempts you and makes you question your identity, what do you do? This is what Jesus said. He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He fought the devil with his words. Right? It wasn't like Mortal Kombat. Jesus didn't want to kick him. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> I mean, the Bible plays out like that in my mind sometimes. I'm sorry. It's all the donuts I ate when I was younger. The Jesus didn't physically fight the devil. He fought him with his words. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But how? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of? Oh, not Facebook, not the Graham, not Tic Tac or Tacalac or whatever it's called. <laughs> By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You want to fight the devil with your words, you better have the word of God on the inside of you. Not the latest headlines, not the social media trends. You better know what the word of God says. Three times the devil came against Jesus. Three times Jesus came at him with the word of God. We ought to fight like Jesus fought. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. It's time to learn what Jesus did and fight like Jesus fought. 
Some of y'all need to stop mouthing off at everybody else and start mouthing off at the devil. I dare you. Don't point fingers. Come on, just say that was for me. Oh, that, was, that sounded painful. Some of y'all had a hard time. Come on, I'm going to just do this ten more times. Come on, somebody say, that was for me. <laughs> there we go. We're in a fight, y'all. And you know, the fact of the matter is, we will never fight the devil on the front lines if we're fighting each other on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. We're living in a time where the enemy is going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is busy. He's not taking coffee breaks. He doesn't take vacation time. He's working overtime. That's why we as the people of God have got to focus what we're doing on attacking the enemy and advancing the kingdom of God. We've got to arm ourselves with the word. David said in Psalm 119.11, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know what it means to hide something in your heart? It means to memorize it. Do you know the word? Do you know the word? Guys, I'm going to pick on the guys. Come on. How many movie quotes do we know from some of the dumbest movies ever made? Some of the stupidest stuff mankind has ever produced. And we could quote every line in the movie. If we only knew the word of God on that level, boy, we'd be bad to the bone. Your word have I hidden in my heart. We've got to get the word of God on the inside of us. Find out what the word of God says. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart. Because the word of God that I memorize is the word that I utilize. Oh, come on, that, that sounded kind of clever. It even rhymes. Come on, somebody say, the word I memorize is the word I utilize. I think about so many times in my life where I've had to rely on the word of God that I memorized. I remember when I was flying with my, with, uh, uh, well, I, I would say, you know, my mother, my mother, she would say father because, you know, she grew up in Chicago. But, you know... <laughs> My father grew up in North Carolina, so I, I say my daddy, what my daddy taught me, right? When I went with my daddy to Havana, Cuba in the 90s, when we flew in there, and it was, it was rough. It was a rough flight in on an old Russian Aeroflot plane that was held together by Soviet duct tape. <laughs> it wasn't that good American duct tape that holds everything together. It was the USSR duct tape. Probably had uranium in it. When we were flying in that old Russian aeroflot plane into Havana, Cuba, in the middle of the night, the plane started filling with smoke. I couldn't get on the interweb and look up a Bible verse. I didn't have a cute little Christian t-shirt. I could just look down at uh, Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You better believe I was speaking that one out loud in Spanish, English, French, and Russian. Come on, somebody. Isaiah 53 and 5. When I was laid up in a hospital, I didn't know what was going on. By his stripes, I am healed. I didn't have no Bible in there with me. I didn't have my sermon notes with me. All I had was what I had stored up in here. By his stripes, I am healed. And I stood on that thing. COVID, Lord have mercy. 
2020, when the whole world lost his mind, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You better have something stored up on the inside because you don't know when you're going to end up in a situation where you're going to have to make a withdrawal from what you've deposited down in there. Listen to me. God's word in your mouth is an unstoppable force. The devil will say, you don't need to memorize scripture. That's a waste of time. You're too busy to do it. Listen, he doesn't want you to know the truth, and he sure doesn't want you to store it up on the inside. Here's the thing about the devil. He's a sore loser. He hates that you gave your life to Jesus. I've heard people say, you know, I didn't have any problems, but ever since I gave my life to Jesus, I feel like the devil's just fought fought me every step of the way. Well, duh. You were running the same way as him before. Now you're working against him, and he's going to fight you a little bit. But it's okay. Even though he's a sore loser, he's still a loser. Mm-hmm. You gave your life to Jesus, and the devil's mad about it. But tell somebody, it's too late now. Oh, I gave the devil his time, but I'm on the Lord's side, and I ain't never going back. And I'm not going to be quiet about it either. When the devil reminds me about my past, I'm going to remind him about his future. Come on, church. We win. Jesus is Lord. The devil is defeated. You got the power of God to speak life. So speak life. God's word is light. There's dynamite in your dentures. But far too many people go around. Far too many Christians go around speaking doubt and defeat all the time. Your mouth can ruin you. As they say where I grew up in Nash County, your mouth can ruin you. <laughs> Proverbs 18, verse 6. The lips of a fool bring them strife. Their mouths <laughs> invite a beating. Boy, you're going to get beat down if you don't shut your mouth. <laughs> the mouths of fools are their own undoing and their lips are a snare to their very lives. Don't you think God is getting tired of his children speaking defeat? I think it's time we get a fight in our spirit. So when the devil comes my way and starts messing with me, I'm going to put the word of God on him. When you speak the word of God, you know what you're doing? You're inviting God into the battle. When the devil comes to mess with you, you say, well, my daddy said. And then your daddy steps in to help you fight. Come on, somebody. When, that, then when you speak the word of God and come at the enemy with what God says, then the battle's not yours anymore. It's God's. When the archangel Michael came against the devil, he didn't say, I rebuke you. He said, the Lord rebukes you. It's not my word that has power. It's his word. So take up God's weapon of war. You see, Satan's not afraid of your education. I hate to tell you that. Devil, I have an associate's degree. He's not intimidated by that. He's not afraid of how elegant you can speak. He's not afraid of your good looks. He's not afraid of the car you drive and the house you live in. There's one thing he is afraid of, the word of God in your mouth. Church, we need to speak the word of God. 
We need to act on the word of God. We need to attack the devil with the word of God. When the devil comes like a roaring lion, we need to talk back at him and say, devil, I am who this book says I am. I am more than a conqueror. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I can do what this book says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I don't know about you, but I know Jesus is mighty strong. I can have what this book says I can have. Hallelujah. Jesus gave me authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm me. This book says nothing is impossible to those that believe. This word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is milk for the infants. It is meat for men. It is hope for the hopeless and a friend for the friendless. The word of God conquered death, hell, and the grave. It conquered sickness and disease. It conquered demon powers. And most of all, it changed my life. Hallelujah. There is power in the word of God. The Bible says to speak those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. Things happen when you speak the word of God. If there's sickness, to your, sickness in your life, then you need to say something. If you need healing, you ought to say something. If you need deliverance, you ought to say something. Hallelujah. Speak the word of God and claim the promises of God. When Satan comes up against you, take the word of God and return fire. Hallelujah. Fight the devil with the word of God and you will win. Deuteronomy 28, 7. The word will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Two ways to fight with your words and to win with your words. Number one, fight the devil. Number two, glorify God. Glorify God. Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We ought to glorify God in what we say. Can I get an amen this morning? Come on, your mouth was made for praise. We were created for worship. We are divine, designed. Jesus said if we hold our peace, the rocks are going to cry out. We ought to be praising God morning, noon, and night. Hallelujah. Sometimes I just stop in the middle of what I'm doing and say, thank you, Jesus. I told Amber, I was, I was in Sam's Club this week, and I got, I got a, a, a tough phone call. It was a difficult situation going, so I just hung up the phone. And I started praying out loud. And speaking in tongues right there at Sam's Club and just glorifying God and calling on the name of Jesus. Because you know what? The older I get, the less I care. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but profanity is becoming so normal today. I remember growing up, I, I never heard profanity in public. Oh, I, I mean, I'd hear it at certain relatives' houses. <laughs> Certain friends' houses, I'd hear it on a military base, that's for sure. <laughs> but I'd never go into a store and hear profanity. Now it's blaring on the loudspeakers and the music, and everybody just feels so comfortable using whatever language they want to use. So you know what? I'm just going to use my prayer language and pray in the Holy Ghost if I feel like it. <laughs> Why not? This world is becoming so evil sometimes. I just got to do spiritual warfare wherever I am. Amen. Amen. Use your mouth to glorify God. We ought to be people of praise. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We got a reason to praise him, don't we? 
God is good and he's true to his word. David said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. That means everything I need, God will provide. Hallelujah. I love what Psalm 107 too. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Do we have any redeemed people this morning that God has redeemed from the hand of the enemy? Can we just praise God for that this morning? Can we just jump up and testify this morning of the goodness and the faithfulness of God? Lord, we thank you. Lord, you have redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. You have redeemed us from death, hell, and the grave. You have saved us and set us free. Hallelujah. The Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their... Come on, somebody testify of his goodness this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we're going to use our words to glorify you. Well, Lord God, may, your, may our hearts be filled with your word. Lord, that we will advance on the enemy to use your word to speak life and not death. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody glorify God for just another minute. Come on, somebody. You've let the gift of God go dormant in your life. You need to stir that gift up this morning. Somebody needs a personal revival today. Lord, may the power of the Holy Ghost fall. God, on that one who needs God to feel your presence and power again. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet and worship God this morning. We're going to pray and we're going to worship and just linger in his presence for just a few moments. I feel the Holy Spirit moving and operating and working in somebody's heart this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful day, Lord. I just thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for just your presence just being in this place today, Father. Lord, I thank you that you're touching hearts and you're touching minds this morning, Father. God, be with us right now where we are, Lord. You know of what weighs us down and you know what's heavy on our heart, Father. And Lord, this morning we just commit those burdens to you, Father. The things that are keeping us up late at night, Lord, and causing us to worry. God, we just give them to you because you are the only one that has the answer, Father. Lord, we let go of control of the things that are making our mind just wrestle. Lord, we just give every burden to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we commit it into your hands, Father. And we thank you for taking care of it right now. God, we thank you, Father, for provision. We thank you, Father, for healing. God, we just thank you for restoration, for deliverance. We thank you for salvation. And Lord, right now, if there's any unforgiveness this morning, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you just touch our hearts, Father, and you just show us what we need to forgive, Father, because that unforgiveness, it kills us. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for somebody that's been holding on to unforgiveness, that they're letting it go. That they're just letting that thing they've been holding on to for years that's turned into bitterness. They're just giving it to you right now, Father. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, that as they let that go, God, that you just pour out into their life, God, that you just heal their heart, Father. And Lord, this morning, I thank you, Father, that you're doing a work on our minds and our tongues. God, that as we, that you change our thinking, Father. 
and that as our thinking changes, our speaking changes, Father. God, that out of our heart we speak, Father. And God, that that heart is full of your goodness. It's full of your mercy. It's full of forgiveness. It's full of words that heal, Father. Lord, let our hearts reflect you, Father. Lord, let our words reflect you, Father. Let our hearts be full of your word, that we speak your word into existence, and that we speak your word over things that need to be spoken over, Father. God, I thank you that we hide your word in our hearts, Father. God, help us to remember the things that we're hiding in our hearts, Father, Lord, in seasons that are hard, Lord, that we speak your word and we confess your word over those things, Father, that we'll live and not die, Father, that you've set us free, Lord, that you're the author and the finisher of our faith, Father, and what you've started, you will finish. God, that we'll fight the fight with your word and not the devil's lies, Father. Every lie that has been spoken to us in the name of Jesus, I bind right now in the name of Jesus. Those lies that have tried to come a hold of our mind and make us believe that it's the truth, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you, Father, for just your truth flooding our mind right now, God. Where those lies have ruled, I thank you, God, that today people are walking out of here with a new line of thinking. The truth that lies have no place in our mind anymore, Father. But freedom, peace, hope. That's what fills our mind, Father. Not death. Not lies. But your word that is the life. That is the bread of life. God, that's what fills our mind and our hearts, Father. Let us rely on that thinking, Father, because it is the truth. And Lord, I just thank you, Father God, for changing our mindset. And God, may we bring glory to everything you do. God, may we honor you with everything that we say and do, Father. May we bring honor and glory to your name, Father. Lord, that how we live our life out, may it bring glory to your name, Father. May it bring honor. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. You are a good, good Father. We thank you for your peace. Right now, if you've just been battling and you just need peace, just lift up your hands and surrender. Lord, I thank you, Father, that peace is just flat coming all over this sanctuary where somebody's been battling depression and fear and worry. God, I just thank you that you're flooding them with peace. That that worry is fleeing right now in the name of Jesus. That fear is being driven out right now in the name of Jesus that's been tormenting your mind. God, I thank you that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And God, I just thank you right now, Father God, for that sound mind to just rest upon people right now, Father. God, give them rest right now. God, may they sleep where they've been tossing and turning at night, God. I just thank you, Father God, for sleep just to rest upon them tonight. 
and that burden be removed, Father. And God, that they just have a new level of trust in you, Father. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, and we just praise you and we give you honor. God, and we give you glory for the things that you have done. And God, we give you glory and honor for the things that you are going to do. For every battle that you have won, we thank you for our salvation. And we praise you and we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we give you glory and honor. And Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for your presence. Lord, we just thank you for your peace. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. You know, this morning, if we always give the opportunity for those that don't know God to know him, because that's what it's all about is salvation. If we get nothing else and we get salvation, it's the greatest gift we could ever receive. Because God loved us so much that he sent his only son. He gave his son's life. I think about that when I look at Hudson and I think about what a sacrificial love that was. I would do anything to protect him. I would lay my life down to protect my child. And I think about how much God loved us to give his son. That's a love that's undescribable. And that's how much he loves you. It's a love we often have a hard time understanding. But I want you to know this morning that no matter what you've done, no matter what you've thought, that God loves you with an everlasting love. He does not consult your past to determine your present and determine your future. He loves you. And this morning, if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you've fallen away and you you aren't saved, you're not living a life that's pleasing to God, this morning I want to give you the opportunity. You just simply repeat this prayer after me and you believe it in your heart. So I'm going to ask that everybody repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Save me. Set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I'll live for you the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Let's just give him some glory. He deserves all the glory and all the honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up front. If you need prayer for anything, this morning we want to pray and we want to stand in agreement with you.